we've gotten to interview all of these different types of women with all yeah. kinds of different backgrounds. We've tried to make sure that we're not just showcasing a little highlight reel of their life, but like the real gritty, messy, dirty stuff. We cried mm -hmm. many times. But what comparison will do and the comparison trap will do is it'll block you from God trying to show you hope through these stories. You're listening to God Hears Her, a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you, He sees you, and He loves you because you are His. Find out how these realities free you today on God Hears Her. Welcome to God Hears Her. I'm Erin Atkins. And I'm Elisa Morgan. You know, just recently we had the privilege of catching up with director and producer Julie Richardson about her new project, Unshakable Moxie. Today we're talking with one of the hosts of the film series. Tony Collier is a dear friend of mine. We had her on the show to share her story a while back, so be sure to check that one out. But today we're talking with Tony about what it was like to host this project and how she has learned to have Moxie. We do want to warn you that this conversation mentions sexual abuse, so please listen with caution. Let's dive into this God Hears Her conversation by first asking Tony, who were you as a little girl? She's my favorite now. I was embarrassed of her for a long time, but she's my favorite now. She's welcome in the room. I'm from Houston, Texas. Probably the most important thing about me that we will ever mention. <laughs> Greatest country in the world, Texas. Thank you very much. Just mm -hmm. kidding. We have a lot of Texas pride. We don't always get it right, but we own it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, I've been in Atlanta now, I think, for like 13 years, which is so crazy that I don't claim it, but whatever. And it's interesting because even just like being on this podcast, it's such a privilege and honor because of where I've come from. And I've come from... Mm -hmm a broken household with a you know verbally abusive father who's an alcoholic and a mom that was incredibly ill that I became a caregiver for at eight. I was sexually manipulated and taken advantage of by cousins and then by a much older guy when I was 13, lost my virginity in my bedroom that had SpongeBob SquarePants decorations, like just that kind of darkness mm -hmm. entered into my story very, very early. 14, 15, 16, I just numbed. Like you just, there's just a certain point you get to as a kid where you're just surviving and you're doing anything that you can to ease the pain. And so drinking alcohol in a, abundance, let me just say that. Yeah. Weed, drugs, just boys. I mean, so much to numb and to seek validation. And at 16, I left mm. my parents' house, put myself through college. Half of it I actually don't remember because I was mm. just so drunk. Yeah. And then ended up graduating college at 19. And I actually had this dream to be a lawyer and I was in a pre-law fraternity and I was gonna go to a law school and then I met this boy that I thought I was in love with and then I moved with him to a whole different state. That is how I got to Atlanta after three months of dating. Mm. So once we got here, unfortunately, I realized that it was a really toxic and abusive relationship, but still married him because of shame. You know, you're embarrassed. You move to a different state for someone. You just kind of swallow the things that you could be ashamed of. That's a great way to say that. You oh. swallow the things. You swallow the things that yeah. you're ashamed of. Like, you're just like, yeah. nope, 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 I'm gonna, it's fine. I don't want people to know that I made this mistake, which is what shame could do. And you know that, Erin. Ended up getting saved at 21, though. And slowly but surely, Jesus became my first love. And I got out of that marriage and found safety for me and my daughter and restarted my life. And now I'm just 
wild a little bit, but I love Jesus. And so not only have I pursued salvation through saying yes to Jesus, I'm just on this journey now to pursuing sanctification because I don't just want to say yes to him. I want to look like him too. And so that's where I'm at. And I'm just trying to like teach other women in the world, you know, that like God still is in the business of creating beauty from broken things. And so it's cool that I get to say that, preach that, be that for God. It's awesome. So, you know, your ministry of broken crayons still color is such truth, you know, but they are broken. Mm -hmm. (laughs) With that as the backdrop, you were invited into another project, one that's called Unshakable Moxie. And Moxie is probably a new word for a lot, a lot of people because it's not like one you hear all the time. First, can you tell us what do you understand Moxie to be? As I've been like, you know, marketing and talking about Unshakable Moxie, because we really just truly have to get this to the ends of the earth. It's just the content's so good. I've been describing it like this. I heard this teacher one time talk about buffalo and the characteristics of a buffalo in danger. And... What's interesting is that there was a a famous painter that was on this road and a storm was coming, like a tornado, and he's watching all these animals in the midst and all the cows and the little horses and such, like they ran away from the storm. They're like, we got to go, which most of us would, right? Like we'd be like, "Mm mm-mm, let me go ahead and pick my stuff up. Let me go buy all the toilet tissue at the local Walmart (laughs) and let me get up out of here, okay? But Buffalo actually, realize like there's something in their wiring that realizes that if they go toward the storm in it that it would pass them by quicker Mm -hmm. that if they just endured for a little while pain fear bravery that they would actually get through it quicker than those running away Mm -hmm. and for me that's moxie okay It's saying that I understand the only way to my healing, the only way to wholeness is going to be if I'm honest about what's broken me in the first Mm -hmm. place. And if I'm honest about pressing into and embracing this pain and it's saying I will be unmoved in that. The enemy can't make me so scared that I'm not going to face the things that hurt me. The enemy cannot shake me to the point where I will run away from my resilience Like resilience is in me because the Holy Spirit Mm. is in me. So I'm going to go run through this real hard storm. And if God don't move the mountain, he'll give me the strength to climb it. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I've been explaining it. And I'm just going to keep explaining it that way. I Mm. love that. Is there a story that you witnessed that maybe shifts some things in you? And if it shifts things in you, what was it that it shifted? Well, I don't want to give too many spoilers away for Unshakable Moxie, but I think this has to be kind of the best one. I've gotten the privilege to walk with Martin Luther King Jr.'s youngest daughter, Bernice King. Mm -hmm. And she's on the show, and it's great. That episode (laughs) is fire. I use her because we were filming the show, and, and we got the opportunity to go back to the church, Ebenezer Church. Mm. and sit in the pew from the famous picture of her and her mother and Bernice is in her mom Coretta's hands and they're just Mm. sorrowful. But Coretta is regal and grace-filled and she's got her head up high. Mm. And Bernice, this little girl that has witnessed hatred kill her father. Yeah. When I get to be around her and I get to hear her heart and passion for equality mm. towards the people that she could blame. Mm-hmm. It just ends mm-hmm. me to have that kind of grit, moxie 
for justice like the heart of God. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. In the midst of pain, her dad never got to see her graduate. Mm -hmm. He didn't get to see her become a lawyer. He, he just, to the, I mean, it's a little girl and she's fighting for the very thing that killed him. Powerful, that's very, very powerful. Oh my God. Thanks for flushing that out. Your co-host is Mariah Smallbone. And did you guys know each other before no. you became co-host on this film series? We did not know each other. And what's interesting about that is thankfully, mm -hmm. We're both extroverted <laughs> and we both are like little Teletubbies. I mean, thankfully, I can't even imagine literally walking half a year with someone, multiple cities and states, filming all day, tired, we're exhausted, we yeah. look crazy. Like with someone that wasn't as open as me as just mm -hmm. like welcoming people and being friends, et cetera. But it's interesting because when I knew, I tell the story all the time, when I knew that the Lord had really put us together, was when we were in Tennessee filming and we went to this carousel that's in the middle of this park called Coolidge Park. It's so funny. And we're literally like small children on this carousel. She's on like some sort of animal. I'm on a horse. We're just like riding that thing like nobody's business. I mean, we're, we're like, again, again, let's go around again. I mean, craziness. Well, at the bottom of each of the statues that make up the carousel are these little plaques from people that have donated to build it. Yeah. And we're riding on it and Mariah's like, oh, look, mine's name is such and such, I can't remember. And I was like, oh, what's mine's name? So I'm like looking around, trying to make sure I don't slide off this thing. I'm old out here. <laughs> and my plaque says Mariah. Oh, wow. And not only that, it, it's spelled like her name, M-O-R-I-H. It's not normal. Yeah. I mean, if I'm gonna be 100% honest, she doesn't even notice, but when I saved her number in my phone, I put M-A-R-I-A. I didn't realize. <laughs> so I had to go back and change because it. Because after like, all, oh, okay. Mariah Carey, I mean, after all. Yeah. Exactly, 100%. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. It just solidified that God is, he's just in the details. Mm -hmm. And that like really anchored us. That moment mm -hmm. of connection, that mm -hmm. God wink that we both got at the same mm -hmm. time, it connected us in a way that the world couldn't, our followers yeah. couldn't, our fashion couldn't, our personalities How couldn't. How far into your relationship did that happen? Oh, this is like day two. Oh, okay. Wow. I just gone to her house. I'm like, thank you for letting me in your house. <laughs> it's stranger. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, stranger danger, you know. My, my daughter's like all in her closet. I'm oh, like, sweet girl, awesome. please. She's like, no, she can be in there. It's okay. I'm like, okay, she's going to wear all your clothes. Oh. You know, but just yeah. opened us with welcome arms, open arms. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm still very, very grateful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so I kind of want to, pivot this conversation a little well, bit because go. go deeper go home Erin you, you know mentioned your daughter Dylan mm -mm. oh I just love her so much I'm you. what am I auntie Erin auntie Erin cute yes Sweet. as you were just a part of this project yeah I can't help but think that you have this filter of what you're creating is mm. also going to impact her mm -hmm. one day and it does probably on set yeah and were there moments or was there anything that happened within Dylan observing and being a part that you were like, oh my goodness, like I am so glad that my little girl mm. has been able to witness or experience some of these things through oh, this yeah. project. In one of the episodes, we get to celebrate Mariah's birthday and I will not even tell you how we celebrated it, but you just don't want to miss it because it is <laughs> extravagant, let me say. Uh, we got to celebrate her 30th birthday and Dylan was there, of course, and it was just such a long day of filming and I had just had a baby and I was just exhausted. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and head out. And there was a party and my daughter Dylan was like, mom, like, can we just go for like a little while? And I'm just like, oh, I'm so tired. And she's like, please. And so I'm like, okay. So I let my daughter Dylan go downstairs and all these people are there that we 
do not know. Okay, like this is, I've just met Mariah. I've just met her whole family. I've just met all these random people. Like I do not <laughs> know. They're all her world. And my daughter's. So you're just yeah, like, it's like her world. I'm like it. literally yeah. a fly on yeah. the wall. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And my daughter, Dylan, is like, I am no fly on the wall. <laughs> she comes down into the party. The DJ's already going. Because again, the party's been happening. My daughter's been hanging out elsewhere and doing schoolwork and all the things. And I'm like, okay, we have to go now. And she's like, I want to go to the party. And she busts through the doors, gets on the dance floor, and everyone is surrounding her. And she is busting a move (laughs) for a solid seven minutes straight. That's like two songs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. I was like, sis, we have to leave. She's like, one more song, mom. What I love about that is what she doesn't know is I'm borrowing Moxie from her too. Mm. Like, you know, as adults, being in a different environment with different people, I'm like exhausted. I'm, you know, I'm kind of just coming off of, you know, having a baby and I'm just feel not myself. I'm like, I can't be around people. I feel so, like I'm just all the things, I'm so exhausted. And to see her just be like, I don't even care who's here. There's like music execs, like, I mean, she just doesn't even care. She's like, I'm gonna bring my whole self to the table. And I think it just encouraged me to bring my whole self to the table, which can be a lot for some people, you know? Yeah. But seeing her do it relentlessly just like reminds me that we get to be who God's created us to be. Nothing more, nothing less, you know? Tony, after filming these episodes, these six, yeah. eight, however many there are episodes of the series, you know, and then kind of stepping back from it and yeah. living life again. Can you share with us Mm -hmm. how you've had to really grab hold of Moxie at some point in your (gasps) recent-ish life? Where have you gone, oh my gosh, you know, it is, it is here and I need it. And how does God Mm -hmm. help me through it in this moment? Yeah. Well, there's two areas. One of them includes Dylan. We, and Aaron knows this, we don't share this a lot publicly, but Dylan's had some really hard behavioral challenges. Again, she walked with me through divorce, I mean, she has seen a lot of hard things as just a little girl. And we've really struggled with her in school and with her self-esteem. Like, it's just been really hard and her diagnosis and all the things. And earlier this year, she wanted to, instead of being in virtual school, which I loved so much because she was just so, she was just doing so well in an environment that's not so high sensory as school. She's like begging us to go back to school. And I was like, hmm. What? And you want to be the parent that's like, you can do this, but I am not that parent. I'm like, let's be realistic here, sister friends. School has been horrible. Okay, no, I did not say that to her. But you don't want to, you know, squash like, you know, we don't want to like squash. Yeah, we don't want to shame her. We want to tell her that we believe in her, you know? Mm -hmm. And what's been difficult about that is that the school that she's going to is closer to her father's house. And so our custody has changed quite a bit. And so I get to spend less time with her now that she's in school. And as a parent who has been through a lot um, with her specifically, it's really scary to release that type of control. And the truth is many women are going to come away from this and think of Moxie as I have to muster up my strength and have grit and be strong even when it hurts. I think that's what it sounds like Really the ultimate, right. But the ultimate form of Moxie is surrender. And it's saying, Lord, this is your child. Mm -hmm. I get to steward her. I get to parent her. I get to provide some practical material things that she needs, but this is your daughter. Mm-hmm. And that takes moxie. Mm-hmm. It honestly didn't take a whole bunch of moxie for me to be in control because when I'm in control, it's safe and I know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Real moxie is saying I'm not in control. God is. And while that's a little scary, that's also faith. 
And so That's good. it's surrender. The ultimate form so of good. moxie is surrender. There we go. That's really something to chew yeah, on. Chew on that. Did you have another story you wanted to tell us? I do. You know, I don't talk about this a lot publicly either because it's still in the healing process. But my mom was really sick growing up. And that meant I had to be a caregiver very young. And that took a lot of my childhood for me. And it's difficult to forgive someone who's at fault, but it's really difficult to forgive someone who couldn't help it. And my mom couldn't help the fact that she couldn't nurture me. She was physically unable in so many ways and incapable of showing up in so many ways. And that led to a lot, like just me not being protected and me not understanding, you know, how to be a girl. Like, I remember when I was 20 and I realized that you're supposed to wash your face. <laughs> little things that I just hygiene, so being a good. girl, yeah. matching, you know, like little yes. things I just kind of missed. And yeah. we're right now kind of wrestling through what that looks like. But let me just tell you, it's real difficult to heal from motherhood wounds and be a mother. Mm-hmm. Yes, it yeah. is. Because that desire, that need for secure attachment from your mama, it never goes away. And so that's a honestly a constant thing that I am working through. And the Lord has sent beautiful women in my life as mother mm-hmm. figures to help to fill those gaps. But it's always a thing that I battle yeah. with. Thanks for going there, yeah. Tony. And yeah, those are really good illustrations. They come at a cost. And thank you. I think we do look at Moxie as just, you know, suck it up and show up. And mm-hmm. that kind of sorry approach is can be so yeah. fake and it can actually mm. cause a split in us. You know, the, mm. the outer person becomes different from the inner person. I remember a counselor told me that, you know, the distance between who you are in public and who you are in private is the degree of integrity that you have. And so we want to narrow so. that gap so that it's this, we're the same. Yeah. I love that you said that too, because this is one of the areas that the church like, oh. we got to start paying attention to because, Lord, we got all the statistics for how many people we got saved. Oh. And that's great that you gave them access to eternity through what Jesus did on mm-hmm. the cross. But how many of those people got saved mm-hmm. fell real hard this year, yeah. suffered from addiction, yeah. cheated on their wife or yeah. husband? What I mean, we're, what's happening here? Exactly. We, we, we are saying yes to Jesus and we're not looking like him. And so it's part of the things that we, we really need to start paying attention to in the church. Well, the way that you talk about your daughter mm-hmm. and then the way that you talk about little girl, Tony, mm-hmm. there is this like tenderness. Yeah. I think tenderness can live with grit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometimes when you think grit, you think like what you said, like strong, muster through. <laughs> yep. And it is surrender. And there is a tenderness. Yeah. And I would love for you to share something that I know that you did that <laughs> kind of brings these two things together with the yeah. tenderness. There was a time in which you uh, saved on your phone mm. a picture of you mm-hmm. as a little girl. Yeah. Sweet. Will you share a little bit as to yeah. why you did that mm-hmm. and how did that impact you? Yeah, well, our mutual friend, Erin, Dr. Allison Cook, talks about this a lot in her book, Boundaries for Your Soul. And what happens is, first of all, when we, we just go biblical, like we can just get some biblical context here. We see, you know, King David, this man after God's heart. And it's just like, wow, like God loved David. He gave him so much favor. But also, David yeah. stole somebody's wife. Yeah. Okay, like, hold up. Like, <laughs> Killed somebody's <laughs> wife's husband. Like, it, it, yeah. Things got a little crazy yeah. there for a second. Yeah. But yeah. the question then becomes, <laughs> like, well, how? How can he be yeah. so after God's heart and also still do such really horrible things? And I think that's the question for all of us. How can we yeah. be, like, so enamored and in love with Jesus but also still fall short? Yeah. Well, 
Dr. Allison talks about it in this way. It's like, it's because we're made up of all these different parts of us and they're all warring for a seat at the table with Jesus. And what happens is that when we find Jesus, what we want to do, because really what society shows us is that we say yes to Jesus and then we got to clean all the things up. Like we got to just clean all the things up and you got to stop doing all the things and just do your best out here. And it's a new you, like it's new you, new me. And so what happens is we sit at the table, it's just us and Jesus and we're like, yes. And we forget about the parts of us that hadn't yet encountered Jesus. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I think about eight-year-old Tony and 13-year-old Tony, two very hard moments in my life, at first, when I said yes to Jesus and went on my healing journey, I wanted them in my past. Like, no, that's not a part of my story. You do not get a seat at this mm. table. I'm new me. I'm with Jesus. But mm. they still are there. Mm. They still yeah. need tending. They still need healing. They still need help. And so when I've been on my healing journey, instead of putting a picture of 32-year-old Tony, who's on a stage doing her thing on the podcast, God hears her, <laughs> all the things, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, that's great that we've come this far. Mm -hmm. But let's not mm -hmm. forget about the parts of us that are still showing up in parenting, in relationships, in leadership. When you're wondering about, why did I just pop off on someone? Why did I just go through some road rage? I'm just going to be honest right now. About a year ago, I got into a high-speed chase. I'm going to be honest. On the highway. <laughs> now, not with the police. Thank goodness. Now, it was not with the police, but there was this guy in this big old truck. He was riding my tail, and I just got so mad. Like Next thing you know, he's like chasing me, and y'all, we're like... It was a lot. You know what? Let me not tell all, all my Money. business, but it did get a little crazy there. Yeah. It did get a little crazy there for a second. But it's like, that's not 32-year-old Tony. What just happened? Oh, I felt right. unsafe. A man was making me feel unsafe. Yeah. And for eight-year-old Tony, mm -hmm. who was in a closet at her aunt's house, and her cousins came in and sexually fondled her, that rage and that pain, it's still there. Yeah. And if I don't invite eight-year-old Tony to the table so that even she knows that even yeah. when those boys are doing that to her, she's seen and she's yeah. safe and she's protected and God's coming for her in the midst of darkness. And that's why I had to put her on the screensaver because I want to remember that I'm not healing 32-year-old Tony. I'm healing 32 years worth of darkness that the enemies tried mm. to come at me with. That's honest. It's mm -hmm. beautiful. This is a, a project that we think is going to impact a lot of viewers. Oh, yeah. You know, what are your prayers for Unshakable mm -hmm. Moxie? You know, what are you praying God mm -hmm. does with the messages yeah. and these stories? Yeah. You know, I'm a half, uh, what is that thing? A glass half empty? I'm not good with colloquialisms. What's it called? Half full? No. I'm a half empty type girl. Are you a pessimist? Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Because I've been through so okay. much. So I kind of look for yeah. danger okay. when, okay. I, when I like walk into a Like anticipated. Mm -hmm. I'm like, where y'all suckers at? I need to, I need to make yeah. sure I protect myself, mm -hmm. you know? And through my healing journey, I've gotten better mm -hmm. at that. But my instinct mm -hmm. bend towards what can go wrong here. And so oftentimes yeah. when I pray over something, I pray over and against things to happen. So mm -hmm. when I've been praying about Unshakable Moxie and with women and teen girls, I mean, all and men, honestly, that are going to be watching mm -hmm. this, I'm praying against the spirit of comparison. Mm -hmm. Because if the spirit of comparison comes in and says, oh, well, that's not my story. Oh, well, I'm not like Dr. Bernice King. I haven't forgiven people that much. I don't believe in justice like this. They'll miss it. They'll miss the through line. And the through line is we've gotten to interview all of these different types of women with all yeah. kinds of different backgrounds. We've tried to make sure that we're not just showcasing a little highlight reel of their life, but like the real gritty, messy, dirty stuff. We cried mm -hmm. many times. 
But what comparison will do and the comparison trap will do is it'll block you from God trying to show you hope through these stories. Mm-hmm. Because that's what this is for. It's so that you can say, if God did it through her, he can do it through me mm-hmm. too. If God did it for Bernice King, if God did it for Tony, if God did it for Mariah, he will do it for me. Yeah. And maybe that's the prayer. Yeah. I pray that women would walk more hopeful. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. Hope is the belief that things can get better. I mean, that's really all it is. And so if we can inject hope into women around the world through these real honest, gritty, moxie-filled stories, oh my gosh, we're going to mess around. And see, I mean, women are going to be presidents and leaders. They're going to start teaching differently, parenting differently, because they'll be hopeful about the future for themselves. That's what I want. You know what I would love to do, Erin? Let's consecrate Unshakable Moxie. Okay, let's oh. lift it up. Take our little hands okay, here, man. hold up unshakable oh, moxie in our little palms. And I'm okay. just going to do a couple of popcorn prayers. You know, fun. that's when you just do a sentence and we're going to go around. Oh, teach us because I ain't never okay. done that. So yeah, never, I'll, okay. I'll start and then Aaron, you go and then Tony, you go. Holy God, you gave this idea for unshakable moxie to Julie Richardson at Our Daily Bread mm. from her mom. Mm. Yeah. And God, we are grateful for it. So now we want to mm. consecrate it for your purposes and for your good and glory. God, mm-hmm. may you kill the spirit of comparison mm-hmm. as viewers take in unshakable moxie. And Lord, I just pray for the women that were in the film. I pray that whatever they are going through right now, I pray for protection over them. The women that were interviewed, I, I pray that you know once it was filmed does not mean that their story is done and that it's less messy, um, but that you're constantly working. And so I pray for protection over the women that were in the film mm-hmm. of Moxie. Lord, I just pray for the hearts that are connected to the eyes, that are connected to the daughters of God that will watch this. Oh my goodness. I pray that their hearts would be stirred up. I pray that there would be a passion and a grit that just like starts to rumble in their hearts, Father. I pray, God, that when they get through these episodes, they would just be so on fire for you that they would start to spread your glory in their homes, through their children, in their marriages, in their jobs, in their schools. God, I pray that it would be like almost a match has been lit and there's just millions and millions of matches for Moxie, for Jesus, for your kingdom that gets lit around the world, Father. I pray that they be ignited in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you, and we are grateful to be a part of your kingdom work. May we stay, may we continue, may we push on in your work in us that's never done. We're not done till we're dead. May we attend to where you are showing us that you wanna change us, you wanna use us, you wanna heal us, you wanna free us. May we allow your sanctifying work. In your name we pray. Amen. What a beautiful prayer for this series. Keep an eye out for the first episode of Unshakable Moxie on February 13th. You do not want to miss it. Well, before we go, be sure to check out our website to find a link for the Moxie website. You can find that and more at GodHearsHer.org. That's GodHearsHer.org. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget, 
God hears you, he sees you, and he loves you because you are his. Today's episode was engineered by Ann Stevens and produced by Jade Gusman and Mary Jo Clark. We also want to thank Diana and Mary for all their help and support. Thanks, everyone. God Hears Her is a production of our Daily Bread Ministries.